the prodigal son. You know, we, we've heard this so much in the Bible. And um, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard about this. You've seen uh, messages. People have preached, taught, all of this about the prodigal son. But where, where I want is for you today, as we discuss this passage of scripture, is for you to really examine where are you in this story? Because a lot of times it's preached from getting the prodigal son back into the, uh, the father's kingdom. But do you have the heart of your father when someone, your brother or your sister in Christ returns, you are waiting and you're excited and you celebrate their return? Or are you like the brother who was in the field upset because now dad is throwing a party for someone who took all the inheritance and went out there and wasted daddy's money, time, his name, legacy. Which one are you? Do you receive them or do you reject them? Let's talk. Welcome back to episode two of season two of Conquering Me podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Jefferson, and I want to say thank you for coming back. And also, if this is your first time hearing me, thank you and welcome. I hope that you will enjoy this episode and please check out the other episode on Conquering Me. We like to discuss and have conversations about scripture that will help us to develop a personal relationship with Christ. This is what our walk is as believers, to have wonderful, this wonderful, beautiful relationship with Christ so that we may preach, teach, and become the disciples that God has called us to be. But in order for us to do that, we have to be students of the word of God. And we have to be willing to go ahead and apply those lessons and all the things that God has given us to our lives and be unashamed about the gospel and love people, love ourselves. The Bible talks so much about love, especially Christ. And I'm a believer of know the entire Bible. Know the entire Bible. Be a student. Study, 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 study. But most of all, know what God through Christ has said. How Christ moved. What was he saying? All of those wonderful things. So today the Lord placed on my spirit about the prodigal son. And I was like, okay, the prodigal son, we've we've heard this message and we've um have read articles and um, a lot of preachers have preached this message and it's more so about the particle sun encouraging people to come back into the fold, encouraging people to come back in. And prodigal sun, and I had to do some research, the word prodigal in the Greek term is not necessarily meaning wayward. It means extravagant, foolish, wasteful, right? So and when we read the story and for your time, uh, when you, I want you guys to go and study the whole passage of scripture. And if you need to go ahead and pause me real quick so you can really get an understanding of the prodigal son, um, it's in Luke 15, 11 through 32. 
two. And this is Jesus. I love how Jesus spoke in so many parables to give us life lessons, but also lessons about the heart of the father, as well as insight into the spiritual realm. So within this passage of scriptures, I want to focus just on a couple. Nah, it's going to be more than a couple. Let me stop. <laughs> Let me, um, I want to focus on a few scriptures in here, uh, just highlight points of not just the prodigal son, but what was happening. So those who don't know the story, remember, I want you to open up your Bible, go to your Bible app, whatever. You got your physical Bible. I still have physical Bibles. I still have my concordance, physicals, everything, because I feel like it just helps me to study better. I don't get as distracted when I'm on my iPad, computer, or my phone. Now, I do have all the apps, and if you look at my desk, I will have two Bibles open, my notebook, my iPad that has a notebook. I have a couple apps on it. I, it, it gets kind of intense over here, but I just want to, I'm so grateful for the thirst that God has placed within me to want to learn his word. And I really do ask and I believe that every time that I open up the word of God, I can receive a fresh revelation or a deeper understanding of a particular scripture that maybe the Lord has had me to rest on. There's certain sometimes in my life and right now, yes, I'm studying other scriptures, but there's one particular scripture where the Lord keeps having me to go back and I keep saying, okay, God, get this in my spirit, get this in my spirit so I can understand what is it that you want me to gather from this and how you want me to move. So Luke 15 11 through 32 is the story of the prodigal son. And this, once again, this is Jesus talking. I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like your hired servants. Wait a minute. That right there is very, very, very intriguing to me. The enemy has a way for us or to make us feel or think that our father, our heavenly father will not embrace us if we are not perfect, meaning this. So remember I said earlier that the word prodigal son in the Greek term does not mean wayward. Basically you out here sitting. Really what it is is that you have an extravagant and a wasteful and a foolish life. Right. And in the backstory of this, if you uh, have not read it yet, if you do are if you are not familiar with the story, there were two sons. Jesus starts off talking about there are two sons and one of the sons who was the younger son decided that he wanted to ask his dad for his portion of his inheritance. He's like, God, give me mine. I'm going to go out here and do what I want to do. So that's what he did. He said, Father, give me, give, me my, give me my piece of the castle. Give me my piece of my money, and I'm going to go out here and I'm going to do what I want to do. And he did. He went out there. He wilded out. He was tripping. He was doing far too much. He was doing everything that was beneath his name, his status, his identity, and his royalty. He was doing all of that. And so after everything was gone, a famine came through the nation and now he had nothing. He didn't have anything to 
continue partying to find food. So now he's finding himself literally eating amongst the pigs. And you got to remember during this time in the Jewish cultures, uh, pigs are considered very unclean animals. So not only do they not eat them, but to be eating with them. So I'm eating what they are eating. So that means bro was at the lowest of the lowest at the lowest. And this is where verse 17 comes into where he's having a conversation with himself. And he said, wait a minute. I need to go back to my father's house. So it was like all of a sudden common sense came back in or what I would truly believe is like the Holy Spirit is coming in saying, hello. Are you ready to listen now? This is not where you are supposed to be. Some of us need to have that conversation with ourselves and say, wait a minute. This is beneath me. I am settling. I am not supposed to be living like this. Not when I am a child of the king. Literally, some of us are living beneath our standards and we are spiritually and naturally rolling around with things that are representative of unclean things. But because we don't feel worthy, we remain there. That's what the prodigal son said. He said, I am not worthy to be called your son. Make me like your hired servants. Verse 20 says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he, uh, but when he was still a great way off, this is what I love. His father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven. And in your sight, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. I know when a lot of times when we preach or when I've heard message of it, we, it's taught so much of the prodigal son feeling unworthy. And then now come back into the fold, come back into the fold, come back to your father's house. But here's the thing. And this is what we need to understand about God. It doesn't matter how long. We have been living beneath his glory, living beneath his truth, his biblical truth, living beneath. When we come to ourselves, when we have that revelation of who we are and who we belong to, God is not asking for us to start over. He is asking us to just stand in your rightful place. Remember when the Bible says, that God will throw our sins. When we ask him for, for, for forgiveness, he throws it in the lake of forgetfulness. He literally will just say, cool, I'm good. I'm making myself forget this because you have asked me to forgive me. So God is saying, I'm going to hold myself so highly accountable so I won't bring this back up. And I won't be petty because unfortunately, sometimes we make God look like a petty God. He is not that. He just wants us to be about his business. He wants us to represent him to the fullest. Now, I'm not talking about when the Lord chastens after us and he brings correction. I'm talking about how some of us live in this constant state of regret that, oh, my goodness, I remember when I did this. And God is saying, I've already released you from that. I need you to sit in your rightful place. I need you to go ahead and put on this robe. That's what the father said in this parable. He told his servant, 
you go ahead. And this is what he said in 22. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put on a ring on his hand and sandal on his feet. And then it continues to said, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Now that you're back in the phone, understand that I am worthy to be in this position. But my question is for the leaders, the teachers, or for some of us who are not necessarily quote unquote out there, right? You've been doing the work. You've been in the house. You've been keeping the commandments of the Lord. Will you have the heart of your father, who is our heavenly father? And in this parable, the king, where he embraced the child. When the child said, no, 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 I'm not worthy. I, I, I just keep me down here. Because see, what I love is this. The wisdom and knowledge of God is this. When we believe and we stand, if, our, if us as children of God go back to our father, and if we believe that we are not worthy of his love, his presence, his glories, his blessings, his miracles, all that type of stuff. We are wide open for the enemy to come in and bring the spirit of sh uh, shame, guilt, regret. Then here comes depression. Then here comes uh, anxiety. Then here comes the spirit of suicide. Then here comes all of these things. So God is saying, no, no, no. When I, when you come back to me, you are automatically restored. Immediately, get back in your rightful place. No question, no discussion. Get back in your rightful place. Yes, I know that your brother, and we're going to talk about the brother in a minute. Oh, he's going to be a little upset about some things. But the father in this story and our heavenly father is saying, no, 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 no. You're going to get back in your rightful place. And there is no discussion about it. And I want you to know, not only is there not a discussion about it, child, I'm going to hug you, I'm going to love you, and I'm going to celebrate because why? My child is back. Remember when Jesus said that he will leave the 99 and go after the one. He celebrates when that one goes back. So here's, I want us to understand from the perspective of those who are in the house and you feel like you're at the brother and we're going to go to the scriptures referring to the brother. You're like, I've been in this. God, I've been a faithful child. I've been a faithful servant. And everyone is celebrating that this person is back. I want us to give a different perspective. Jesus said he goes after the one. The 99 are good. But I'm going to go after the one. So if that person has come back, that means the Holy Spirit himself said, it is now time. Come on back. Remember the prodigal son said, and he came to himself. It was like he had this revelation. Now he was for years out there doing whatever he wanted to do. It doesn't say how long he was living with the pigs and living in poverty and living. No, it didn't say all of that stuff. But it was like all of a sudden he was like, wait a minute. I know who I am and who I belong to. So when your brother or your sister comes back, do you have the heart of your father ready to rejoice, ready to throw a party, ready to celebrate? Or do you have 
the mindset of the brother. Let's go to the brother. The brother was upset. He was not happy. Not happy that his brother was back, but he wasn't happy that his father was celebrating. And here's the thing. Let's go into verse 28. But he was angry and would not go in. This is the brother. Because before this, the brother said he asked the servant, because here's the kicker. In verse 25, let's go back a little bit. The verse 25, it says, now his brother, uh, his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music dancing. 26 says, so he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to them, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed a fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. And so he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you, and I have never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat and that I might make merry with my friends. The brother saying, wait a minute. All these years I've been with you, all these years I've served, all these years I have been faithful. And yet I don't get a party. My little brother out here in these streets cutting up and now he's finally back and we're celebrating this. And he says, but in in verse 30, but as soon as this son of yours come, came who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf. And he said to him, son, this is the father saying to the older son. You are always with me. And all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and he is alive again. And he was lost and now he is found. You know, the interesting thing in in this is the brother was so busy working. He never took time to partake in the blessings and understand the beauty of being in the father's house. The Bible says those who are willing and obedient may eat, shall eat the fruit of the land. And I'm so blessed to have a wonderful pastor who is also my brother. He said to me, He said, Jen, what's coming to me is, and he quoted the scripture, those who are willing and obedient shall eat the fruit of the land. He said, the Lord is saying, eat the fruit. And I realized that I was so busy working that I never took time to partake in the blessings and the fruit of being in the kingdom. The problem was not that the older brother was working. The problem was he only was focused on working and he didn't see the provision in front of his face. He didn't see the blessings in front of his face. So now your younger brother comes back, who here's the truth of it, took advantage of the inheritance. He understood the blessings of being a kingdom child. Did he mishandle it? Absolutely. Some of us have seen people in the kingdom of God, understand their gifts and talent, understand their anointing under all that, and they misuse it and they became reckless over time. This story is not about the sinner. 
It's not about people who don't know Christ, who are not a part of the kingdom. This story is for those who are in the kingdom. We've all seen it. If you've been in the church or have been saved or walking with God any amount of time, you've seen people who are gifted and talented and anointed and they can do so many things in the kingdom of God, but yet they took those things that God has given them. The Bible says that his gifts are without repentance. They have taken those gifts and they've gone out and use it in the world. They've gone out and they've squandered it. They were reckless. And we can see the demise on them. And here's a different perspective. You may see them do well financially. You may see them blow up within their business, their music, whatever it is. But you can seriously see their spirit decline. So my question is, as a brother and sister who are still in the kingdom, where is your heart for your brother and sister? Are you going to have an excited mind when they say yes? I'm going to be straight up with you. I've heard too many times from Christians, those who are church members and who are Christian, who are faithful gospel listeners, get upset the moment a secular artist decides to now do gospel music. To now say, I am now walking away from this. And sometimes we don't like the fact that they still are doing secular music and now they're going to do gospel music. But are we going to welcome them back in when they have come to themselves and say, wait a minute, I belong to the king. So if they understand it by starting off with songs or start to do uh, different plays or they start to do different businesses or we see their character start to change, do we bring up their mess? The fact that they were in the pigsty or do we say like our father, let's celebrate, let's go. I'm happy that you're back. The older brother was so upset because he was working. He was faithful. He was the works person. See me, the works, the works, the works. I've done your commandment. I didn't squander anything. I didn't ask you for anything. But my question is, as an older brother, now thinking about it, I believe he missed the purpose of having the relationship. He understood who he was. He understood his title. He understood that I'm a part of royalty, right? I'm, a, I'm in the kingdom. So here's the thing for some of us workers in the body of Christ. You work, 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 work. You're faithful. You do the commandments. You say, I'm going to keep my commandments because this is the law. This is what God has commanded me to do. I'm going to keep it. But have you taken time to understand the heart of your father? The older brother in this scenario did not understand the heart of his father. Yes, I understood that he was upset. But the fact that he said to his father, this one comes back and you throw a party for him? He didn't understand the heart of his father. Truthfully, even the son who came back didn't know the heart of his father because he said, hey, I, I, I need to start over. I'm not worthy to be called your son. 
So even if someone is coming back in, or if you've been in the thing for a long time, where's your heart posture? Do you know the heart of your father? Do you understand his method in his ways? The story in this of the prodigal son, the father saw the son from afar coming in. Coming in. He wasn't at the gate yet. He was in anticipation of knowing he's going to come back to me. Now think about this. When the prodigal son came back, he was filthy, disgusting, had nothing, dirty. But he immediately said, I'm going to clean you up. And not only am I going to clean you up, I'm going to celebrate the fact that you're home. And I'm going to celebrate the fact that you're home. And also, I'm going to reestablish you. Re, we, I am going to what God does all the time for us is restore us. Restoration is a complete makeover. Have you ever seen some of these shows where they restore a home or a car or whatever? I'm talking about this stuff can be in complete shambles. But someone comes along and restores it, not repair it, but restores. That's what God does. He restores us to where we are brand new. We look great. We're moving great. It is like a new person again. But my question is again, will you accept them or will you reject them? Will you hold them so much to their past? And their past could literally be what they did five minutes ago. And be so upset and be bitter and become frustrated because I've been in this. I've been faithful. That's what the older son was saying. God, I've been faithful. Dad, I've been faithful. Where's my good job, son? Where's my? And some of us are really struggling with that. God, where is my I'm proud of you, my celebration. I've been in this thing. I want you to take a step back. Whatever position you are in, if you're the one that's coming back in to the fold, are you rejecting the love of your father to where he's saying, I want to completely restore you? Instead of you saying, hey, I want, no, 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 no. I need to go back. I need to start over. Put me where the servants are. He said, no, come back. Some of us, even when we come back to the fold, we're so busy rejecting his love. Your father's love, your heavenly father's love, rejecting that you deserve to be in your rightful place. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that you won't have your brother, your sister in Christ look at you crazy because they will. Because why we are human and we are all jacked up. Or are you going to accept the fact and put on the robe, put on the shoes, sit in your rightful place and allow the love of God to restore you to your rightful place? And also my second question is for those who've been in the kingdom. You've been serving. You've been doing what God has called you to do. You've been faithful to this thing. People will look at you and say, oh, this is a prayer warrior. That's a preacher teacher. Oh, they're such a good servant of God. They love the Lord. Blah, 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 blah. All the accolades, all this stuff. Do you celebrate the fact that someone who has been away for so long, who was wasteful with their gifts and talents, who was wasteful with what God has given them, 
when they finally come back, do you celebrate that? Or do you have conversations with your father saying, now, wait a minute. Why are they in this position? Why are they in here? Now they're the lead prayer warrior. Now they're the lead praise and worship leader. They're the lead this and everyone. Whatever your perspective is. Do you see the hand of God on their life? Do you receive that person or do you reject them? Are you saying, well, I'm walking in wisdom because they need to understand they've been in this thing. They've been out there for so long, blah, 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 blah. No, they need to start over. That is not even scripture. That is not even scripture. We have to have the heart of Christ. The heart of our father in both scenarios, both sons did not know their father. Both sons took a very specific position. The younger son understood the blessings and understood the talent and understood all the greatness that comes with the name being attached to the, the accolades that come with being um, a child of the king. And he went out there and was wasteful. But when he came back, he understood that his father was going to open his arms and receive him and restore him. Or are you the big brother? You've been in the kingdom. You've been working. You've been working. You've been faithful. But you never took time to really enjoy the fruits of being in the kingdom. You never took time to really enjoy what it meant to be a child of the king. Both sons didn't know their father's heart. So it does not matter what position you are in. Our job as believers and our desire is to have the mind of Christ and the heart of Christ. I've said this so many times throughout my life and the Lord showed me this very um, years ago, years ago, I probably over 20 years ago, I was in deep prayer and the Lord was showing me um, a group of people praising God, praising God, praising God. And it was like only thing they wanted was the hand of God. That's what they were praising. But it was like their their backs were turned against God. So they understood the blessings that God can give. And they wanted those blessings. But they didn't want the relationship, the heart posture. We have to constantly yearn for the heart and the mind of Christ. So that when people come back in, we can celebrate the restoration. Or if you are the one who is coming back in, you can receive the love of your father. Or how about this? This is God's grace. You're the one who's been working. And when you see someone comes in, I love in the passage of scripture I read earlier, he said, the father came to the older son and pleaded with him. Even when we are upset and we feel left out, we feel neglected because I've been working. I've been doing this. I've been faithful to you, God. Where's my turn? God has a way of still ministering to us, still embracing us, still saying, I see you. I need you to understand you were always with me. And for that, 
we say, thank you, Jesus. You had access to it all. So I want to end with this. If you are a worker bee, if you're the Martha and not the Mary, you're constantly working, 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 working. And you're like, God, I've been faithful. God, when is it my time? I see everybody else blowing up. When is it my time? When is it my party? When is it da 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 da? Whatever it is. My prayer is that God begins to open your eyes so that you can see that you have access, period, to everything. You have access. There is, and here's the thing, here's a little bit of wisdom that the Holy Ghost is telling me to give you. Pray that the Lord begins to show you what season you are in and that you begin to understand the timing of God. There is a a season and a time for everything under the sun. I have quoted this scripture several times in Ecclesiastes 3. Read the thing. Read the whole chapter. Ecclesiastes 3. There is a time and season for everything under the sun. But know that you have access to it all because the moment that you said, Lord, I want you to become my savior. You are now joint heirs with Christ. We can cry out, Abba, Father. That means we can cry out, Father, Father, my Father. Because God is your Father. My prayer is that God opens your eyes and that you see what you have. And that you praise God and you worship him for the amazing providing father that he is. The loving father that he is. And allow the Holy Ghost to reveal any moments and seeds of bitterness and anger and resentment that you have towards your father and also towards other people in the body of Christ. Because what's interesting in there, his anger was, he was really upset. Not that his brother came back. He was upset with his dad. Like, you're throwing him a party? Some of us have become angry and frustrated by doing the work. That is not what God wants. So my prayer is that God opens your eyes and that the Holy Ghost begins to reveal any seeds of bitterness, any seeds of anger, any seeds of frustration that you have towards God. And now you're finding yourself burnt out. You're tired. You don't want to do the work of the Lord anymore. All of these things, those are signs that you have some anger towards God. It's not the people. The people are just being used. The real root is you're frustrated. God, where, where's me? Where's mine? Where's my blessing? Where's my healing? Where's my spouse? When are my children going to get saved? When is this? Whatever that when is. When am I going to be free from this? I prayed so many times. When am I going to be free from this? I see that brother or that sister over there battling with the same thing. And they just decided to finally start following you. They finally recommitted. And now look at them. God, I ask right now that you begin to open up our hearts, open up our minds so that we can see what has been planted in us that has taken root to try to separate us from you. But I'm so grateful for your word where he says, nothing shall separate me from the love of God. And that means nothing because when we are called and we are chosen and we have been grabbed by you, nothing shall separate us from you. Nothing, 
nothing shall separate us from you. And God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit revealing to us everything that is trying to put a wedge between you and us. God, we thank you for you are a God who restores. You restore us, doesn't matter how long we've been away. Doesn't matter if we're dealing with things that we didn't even realize we are dealing with. You restore us to the fullest possible glorious way that only you can do. And God, in both scenarios, no matter who we are in this prodigal, in this story of the prodigal son, my prayer is that all of us begin to have your heart. We begin to know your heart. We just don't pray for your blessings and pray for the things that you can do. But God, we actually pray, God, give us your heart. Reveal your heart. Reveal your ways to us so that we may be the representation that you call us to be here on earth. And God, this prayer, this last prayer is for anyone who does not know you. Before you can come into the kingdom of God, you have to accept Christ. Jesus says, before you can get to God, you have to come through me. For God, Jesus is the door. Another scripture says in Revelation, saying that Jesus is standing at the door and he knocketh and he waited for you to open up. So if you are feeling that knock at your heart that said, God, I need for you to come in. I want you to say these words and repeat after me. Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died and rose for me. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you have forgiven me. If you have said that, and if you believe that in your heart, you are now saved. We are rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing that you are now in the kingdom. And here's the thing. We are still rejoicing because your father is rejoicing. If you have decided to rededicate your life to God, recommit yourself to God, God is rejoicing. We just read, he's throwing a party. And for those who are like, well, what about me? He said, you already have the party. So we are all rejoicing for us becoming closer and closer to God. I pray that you have received something on today. Please go back and read and study that passage of scripture in Luke. We can receive so many revelations that as you pray, ask the Holy Spirit first to open up your eyes and your heart to what God is saying to you. And as the Lord reveal things to you, let him give you his wisdom and his, his way of allowing us to move in his word. We want to be people that are implementing the word of God and living in the word of God. I pray that you have received something. I love you all and I will speak to you next Friday.